This week in Dokkan Gamer, the much-awaited Street Fighter 4 episode. Welcome everybody to episode 17 of the Kong Gamer, the much-awaited Street Fighter 4 episode. To start the podcast off, I'd like to apologize if I wasn't around last week. The, you know, the weekend schedule was pretty busy and just didn't allow me to talk about Street Fighter then, but I'm back and I will be talking about Street Fighter. So, you know, uh, I've had the game for a couple of weeks, so I've had a lot of time to play the game actually and I've unlocked all the characters although I haven't been able to um, play online at all because there's something weird going on with my Wi-Fi. I mean I can connect to the internet but my PlayStation can't seem to detect my internet connection at all so anyway um, my PC essentially can connect to the internet my PS3 can't so I don't know what's up with that. I'm trying to fix it right now because I do want to get a piece of some online battling right there. But, you know, um, Street Fighter. So, it's this game I've been talking about for quite a few weeks already. And to be honest, it's that game that I've been waiting for for a very, very long time. More than RE5 or even Rock Band. But, you know, as things have it, I got Rock Band 2 first, then... RE, and I'm still waiting for my Region 3 or Region 1 copy of Street Fighter 4 because I just don't have an HD TV yet and I can't play um, Region 2 games uh, on my SD TV. But you know, I finally got it. Um, thank you to my girlfriend in Singapore for sending over a copy, so thank you so much. Uh, shout out to you uh, in this episode, so hopefully you're smiling right now. But anyway, you know, um, Street Fighter 4. I really wanted to do this game justice. I mean, I wanted to kind of basically um, dissect the whole game and give people a very honest um, opinion because God knows I'm very biased towards this game. Um, because if you guys have been listening to previous episodes, Street Fighter 2, the second installment in the series, is one of my favorite games of all time, if not the most my most favorite game. Um, for a lot of reasons, really. Um, first and foremost is that it's probably the game that really got me into video games. Um, I wouldn't say really addicted to video games, but it's really that game that uh, made me play a lot of it. I mean, definitely hundreds and hundreds of hours spent on that game. And, you know, um, my efforts proved very fruitful because I think I'm still a very, very competent Street Fighter II player, if not one of the most competent Street Fighter II players, modesty aside, of course. Um, but, you know, um, I was basically 10 years old then, so uh, fast forward to almost two decades from then, finally Street Fighter Four comes out, and, you know, I have very, very high expectations of the game, of course, and I don't know if that's going to help the game in terms of my review but you know again there is that bias that nostalgia i have from street fighter 2 and it seemed that capcom has been very very open actually in saying that street fighter 4 was a return to its roots um street fighter 3 for some reason um wasn't 
as much of a hit as Street Fighter 2, I would say at least. Because, I don't know, it was I guess it was too technical, too hardcore. I mean, just to prove to you just how sort of under the radar Street Fighter 3 was when it came out back in the day, I actually really didn't even play it at all. I didn't even know what a parry was until a few months ago. So, you know, um, from Street Fighter 2, one of my favorite games ever, and I just kept playing the hell out of that game, and then suddenly Street Fighter 3 comes out, and I didn't even care about it. Um... So, you know, I don't really know if it lacked any charisma. Definitely, I saw the games in the arcades. And I'm talking about Street Fighter 3, by the way. Um, I saw it in the arcades. Animation looked beautiful. The art was very, very nice. But there was something weird about the game that just didn't click with me. Um, but, you know, come Street Fighter 4, first videos I ever saw, you know, with the crazy black ink treatment, those videos when it first came out, it really, really caught my attention. And very, very good marketing on Cap's, Capcom's um, part, of course. Um, but, you know, the question still remains, is this game going to be any good? I mean, is it going to be as attractive to me as Street Fighter 2 was back in the day? Um, or is it just going to be another Street Fighter 3? So, um, in this highest score segment of the podcast, I will try to do it in a conventional game review um, fashion. Uh, I will be talking about the graphics, the sound, story, and all of that. And add a few more categories um, that I feel is very, very important whenever we're talking about a game like this, of this magnitude, I think. Um, so, you know, uh, we'll go through all of that just to give you guys a very, very, as much as a, an objective opinion as I can give. So, you know, um, the game has been reviewed, um, has gotten very, very good reviews. Not exactly the highest-reviewed game of all time or anything, but very, very respectable. Um, and, of course, very, very well-received by the fans. So, you know, um, first of all, graphics, right? Let's talk about graphics. So, how is the game? How does it stack up? Um, definitely when the, you know, Black Ink, um, very highly post-produced um, videos came out, it was very, very good. I mean, the graphics looked really, really amazing. And... You know, um, it's good that Capcom finally made a transition to 3D. Um, that said, you know, the first... I really don't even know if Capcom did it, but when Street Fighter EX came out, the first 3D-type Street Fighter came out, it wasn't received very, very well at all. In fact, it was almost a joke. It was really, really bad gameplay um, for me. And, you know, it just really didn't do Street Fighter characters justice at all looked terrible. I think the gameplay was very, very shallow, uh, I think. I mean, I didn't play much of it, but it seemed very, very shallow. Um, there wasn't a lot of people really telling you to, you know, go out and play with them, that Street Fighter EX was there. It was just sort of there, you know, in the arcades, and people played it, uh, people enjoyed it, but, you know, it didn't have that charisma that was... You know, that is part of Street Fighter, and quite honestly, Street Fighter characters are, you know, some of the most recognizable in the world, in the world of gaming. I mean, you know, in the light, um, in the same vein as perhaps Mario, um, um, Alucard, maybe even Lara Croft, and, you know, all these famous characters, um, among the ranks of them are definitely Ken and Ryu, or Ryu, depending on, you know, what accent you want to pronounce that. Um, definitely everybody knows who these these guys are and Bison I mean practically the main 12 cast of characters is known by pretty much everybody I mean definitely some of the most famous characters in gaming bar none right I mean SNK characters aren't as famous as Street Fighter characters at all 
perhaps Mortal Kombat characters somewhere near, but definitely people would know Ken and Ryu more than they would Sub-Zero or Scorpion, right? Even my mom knows these people. Uh, I mean, she was just using my laptop to access the internet uh, a few days ago, and I was playing Street Fighter, right? And without even looking at the screen and hearing sonic booms and and Hadoukens and everything, she was looking over and basically saying, hey, I know that, that's Street Fighter, right? And that's Ken and Ryu. And that's my mom, right? She has no idea what um, uh, anything about video games at all. But then she recognizes them because, you know, very, very famous. This just speaks, you know, a lot about just how influential this series was. So, you know, going back to the graphics and everything... Um, Beautiful, you know, marketing campaign with all the black ink, which was very integral to, as we later on find out in the game, um, the black ink is actually a visual treatment for the focus attack, which I'll get into later. But, you know, um, marketing campaign thing, is it going to be, is it going to look as good as those kinds of graphics? Of course, it can't look exactly the same because it was just so confusing. I mean, in as much as a visual eye candy it was, it was very confusing to look at. You don't even really know what was happening, and when it comes to fighting games, you can't have that. But, you know, when the first screens, when the first videos of the game came out, it really looked quite good. I mean, uh, you know, 3D of Street Fighter done right, quite honestly. And, you know, um, unlike other games that really go for hyper-realistic stuff, say as um, Soul Calibur, or Tekken, or... Um, Virtual Fighter, uh, Street Fighter decided to go onto the caricature kind, very stylistic, very cartoony look. And, you know, a lot of people were kind of, you know, iffy about it and stuff and complaining about how, you know, huge thighs of Chun-Li were or how huge Guy looks like and how, you know, Ken and Ryu look so disproportional and everything. But, you know, um, I do understand their concerns and it does look a little, you know, too cartoony, a little too... Um, you know, um, caricature-ish for the taste of most. But you know what? To me, it's a very, very smart art direction choice because it really makes the game stand out from everything else. And quite honestly, you know, the, the, the exaggerated animation, even exaggerated um, features of the characters just makes it a lot easier to get into the game. It makes it a lot more in your face and you see all the moves happening and it's just a lot easier to get into the game as opposed to, say, Virtual Fighter 4, which is so freaking deep and everything's so subtle, the movements are so subtle, that, you know, it's very, very hard to grasp. But in a game that, you know, Capcom wants to be very accessible, I think it was very, very smart for them to go with the very exaggerated look because it really lends very well to the, you know, to the feel they want players to have, which is that, you know, sense of... Comfort, sense of familiarity, sense of, you know, you see everything happening and you know why certain things happened as opposed to really, how the hell did that happen? I just died, right? Which usually is the case when it comes to, say, maybe Soul Calibur or maybe um, Virtual Fighter. It, it, the moves are just so subtle, but with um, Street Fighter 4, everything's so exaggerated and flamboyant, you know exactly what happens and basically you can, you know, devise a strategy that, would work around certain things that your opponent does that you can't seem to react to properly. So, you know, um, I think very, very smart graphical choice, definitely. Um, and I wouldn't have it any other way because this this look of Street Fighter is so, so unique and very, very, um, you know, 
it defines it basically unlike other games that just look sort of the same i mean soul Calibur sort of reminds me of ninja gaiden um virtual fighter reminds me of tekken but nothing reminds me of street fighter right i mean it has a look in its own and in as much as it's not the highest caliber of graphics out there it is one of the highest caliber art direction choices i think that is out there and you know um i think they can really really go ahead with this and just you know milk it some more it's very very cool looking i mean the mix of 3d and then some 2d art whenever you have you know your character portraits whenever you select your character and then some more 2d in terms of the cutscenes you know it's a really really diverse mix and you know um a lot of people will have their opinions on certain parts of it and you know for me it's a really good um you know variety of graphic styles that still quite you know, ha still have a very unified theme, which is that exaggerated look. I mean, I can't say much about the cutscenes. I mean, they don't look as good as the rest of the game for me. Um, but still, you know, graphically, very, very superior game. Far superior than a lot coming up because it was very, very defined and, you know, directed um, quite well. It had it was very purposeful, unlike a lot of things there that wherein they just really thought about, hey, what would make this game look good? This game basically said more more than that. It said what would make this game look good and yet really, you know, lend well to what we were trying to do with the game. So, you know, um very, very smart, very, very tactful, I think, and it worked well for them. Very, very good looking game. So how about the sounds then? Um, sound effects are really, really spot on, if you ask me. Um, definitely sort of lacking in the sense that, you know, how Street Fighter 2 was in, in terms of the sounds were really, really impactful. You could really feel every punch, every kick. It was so, you know, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it really, but, you know, you, you could feel all the hits and everything. Where while you do feel the hits here as well, it's a little subtler. Maybe that's a function of maybe you know um, technology and sound technology in general just becoming a little bit more sophisticated. So you know that's not necessarily a bad thing. But I just really remember how you know the Hadouken really sounded back in the day. Hadouken, as opposed to this now Hadouken. It's you know it's it's a little subtler, subtler. It's a little less badass than it was the Hadouken and everything. And you know. Um, well, you know, Sagat actually sounds better now as opposed to the kind of gayish tiger, tiger back in the day. Now he kind of sounds a little bigger and more masculine, you know. But, you know, the Hadoukens were the first thing I really noticed, which kind of sounded weird. Um, even the sonic boom of Guile kind of sounds weird right now. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's a little more similar than the old one, but, you know. Um, for some reason, the older sound effects of in Street Fighter 2 sounded a little bit more masculine and sounded cooler. I mean, not a bad thing, of course, it doesn't destroy the game at all, but, you know, for some reason I just missed that, you know, really, really kick-ass pronunciation of the Hadouken, particularly, and even the sweeps, the fierce, um, the roundhouse kicks that they do, it felt a lot more impactful back in the day, but then again, again, it might be a function of of, you know, sound technology going ahead right now. Um, and, you know, 
as for the sound itself, the the music, um, if you notice the the theme song, um, which played at the beginning of the podcast, it's not as charming as I wanted it to be. I mean, you know, still right now, the theme song that resonates to me that is Street Fighter is the old song, right? The and not all this shitty, you know, indestructible, whatever, crazy music thing. You know, they shouldn't have done the whole song anymore. Should have just taken that out and just, you know, had a music bed, basically. And as much as, you know, it has its charm, I guess it's a little bit more Japanese-y. There is a Japanese version, by the way, which I'll play at the end of, this, uh, of the podcast. But, you know, it's just so distracting. I mean, the, 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 the male singer, I mean, whenever you translate Japanese songs into English, they always sound very, very strange, if you ask me. And, you know, that's what it is. I mean, that, I think, shows you, you know, sort of, the direction Capcom took with the music of the game. Um, it wasn't as purposeful as they did the graphics or, say, the gameplay itself, which I'll talk about later as well. Um, it was just very, you know, let's have music, let's have decent music, and that was pretty much it. Because, honestly, I can't remember any of the stage songs at all, as opposed to before, right? You, you can, I can hear Chun-Li's um, theme in my head right now. Or something like that, right? Or like Guile song, right? Um, uh, how does it go again? Actually, forget right now. I was right there um, before I sang this Chun Li song, but you know, just completely forgot about it right now. But you know, um, definitely more characteristic um, music and much more. How should I put it? Um, iconic uh, music coming from. Street Fighter 2, then Street Fighter 4. So, you know, very disappointing to me, to be honest. Um, oh, speaking of um, stage music, uh, I forgot to mention during the graphics part of the review that, you know, the stages don't look as charismatic either as the Street Fighter 2 um, backgrounds themselves because, you know, none of them are really all that memorable. I mean, the, the revamped Chun-Li and Guile stages are pretty cool and that, you know, the fact that you can... That Balrog is in the the plane that goes, you know, um, that what do you call this? That moves in the background of Guile stage, and then you can um, actually Dragon Punch your way, um, and you know you can hit the the wing of the, the the plane once it moves to the middle of the screen, and you know the the plane's wing will be cut off. So yeah, that's all pretty cool and everything, but you know, not as memorable definitely as those very, very iconic um, stages in Street Fighter 2. So, you know, um, in terms of sound, it's okay at best. I mean, you know, nothing that stands out at all. Nothing that is above average even. So, you know, unfortunate, unfortunate, definitely. But sound effects are pretty good. I mean, if you ask me, nothing uh, very, very annoying or anything. But, you know, still leaves much to be desired on my end. So, you know. It's good. It's decent at the very least. So moving on. So that's graphics, sound. So how about gameplay? Of course, the most important thing, especially to me, if you follow my reviews. Gameplay, 
I would describe as a cross between Street Fighter 2 and Street Fighter 3. It basically has that easy to easily accessible gameplay that Street Fighter 2 had. I mean, at least for people who play who played Street Fighter a lot during the day, right? It's accessible in that you know, the motions are very, very natural. I mean, the quarter circles, the half circles, the even 360s are quite natural, honestly. Unlike the Mortal Kombat, very clunky, tapping, um, you know, movements. The forward-forward doesn't really work, quite honestly, as opposed to, say, a charge-back-forward kind of move, right? But, you know, um, what do you call this? It's in between... I mean, it. I say, I'm sort of careful in saying that it's accessible because... A lot of people who have made play the game who didn't really play much of Street Fighter can't really, you know, play the game as um, purposefully and as, you know, uh, how should I put it, non-button mashingly as I could. I mean, a lot of people, even my office mates, just kept button mashing everything and just tried all these crazy motions on the D-pad and they can do Hadoukens, they can do um, Dragon Punches and everything. And, you know, um, maybe it's just me and my bias and my experience with the game that makes me say it's accessible. But you know what I mean. It's not... It's really, I think, a game made for fans, quite honestly. Uh, that a lot of, you know, the Capcom's decisions were made with the fans in mind, quite honestly. And, you know, factually, I mean, Seth... Uh, I don't know. I forgot, I forgot his, his real name. But Seth Eskill, I believe that's his, you know, gamer tag or his nickname on games one of the you know um the one of the best street fighter players in the world was a consultant in making this game basically balancing out um all the characters and really making it um a more modern um fighting game experience because definitely back in the day in street fighter 2 there were a lot of balance issues and a lot of characters were very very you know um uh, weak compared to others um but you know so uh, again i'm a little trepidatious i'm a little hesitant to say it's intuitive but to me it's very very intuitive because you know it feels natural the the, the jumps aren't all that awkward although i will say that the characters here seem to have a lot more weight than other um, Street Fighter games. It kind of feels like the weight of Street Fighter 3 in terms of, you know, a lot of people, I mean, even the office mate said that the characters feel very, very heavy. The feel is very different. And I, I definitely felt that as well. But, you know, you get to play it just for a few minutes and you get used to it. You get used to just how much shorter, I guess, the 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 jumps are, how much slower the characters move from side to side and everything. And to me, in as much as it's different, um, to me, I think it's a good decision because it gives it a more realistic feel and it gives, I guess, the impact of the moves a lot more force. Um, so, you know, uh, aside from that, the game is very, very accessible in that, you know, it's not as deep as, say, Virtual Fighter, that the subtleties of all your movements have corresponding moves to them. I mean, just, you know, press forward, back, the diagonal and everything, and press a button. That's a different move from, say, press down and another button and all of that. It's also very, very crazy, right? And the fact that you have a, a, a block button kind of just adds to the whole thing because the block button serves as, 
you know, another button to press whenever you do directions. But the thing with Street Fighter is block is back and back down, right? And, you know, since you have a certain number of moves only, it gives that very, very familiar, you know, it gives players a lot of time to familiarize themselves with the characters. I mean, quite honestly, I think all the characters in Street Fighter 4 put together all their special moves is just equivalent to maybe two characters in in Virtual Fighter. I mean, Virtual Fighter just has so many crazy moves, right? Um, because it is a 3D fighter, and it helps that Street Fighter 4 was maintained 2D, and I think that was a very, very smart choice. Um, you know, it just makes for a game that is more understandable, more uh, something, again, like I said earlier, very exaggerated, very purposeful, very finite, I should say, probably. Um, it's not very complicated, so as far as fighting games go these days, I mean, it's realistic in the sense that, I don't know, it deals with realistic people, I suppose. I actually don't know what I'm saying right now, but you know what I mean? They look like real people. They're not fantasy or anything, as opposed to, say... Soul Calibur, and every everybody's like a freaking monster and everything. They're relatable, right? <clears throat> but you know the 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 moves are all very very familiar. I mean, especially for people like me, um, they're very very easy to memorize. Um, a lot of characters have moves that overlap other characters, same motions, the same everything, but you know different, of course, executions of the moves. But, you know, that's, I guess, what I mean about very accessible. But, you know, I guess that's where the similarity of Street Fighter 4 and Street Fighter 2 um, end. But, you know, the similarities of Street Fighter 4 and Street Fighter 3 are in the depth of it. Um, thankfully, they got rid of the whole parry system of Street Fighter 3 because that was way too complicated to me. It feels like the counter um, moves in that are alive, which I never was able to do. Basically, what a parry is, instead of blocking and holding back, um, you basically press forward and basically um, absorb the attack of your enemy and you're able to basically counterattack um, at will. Um, but, you know, how complicated it is is that, you know, it's very unintuitive because whenever your opponent attacks, your impulse is to go back and not forward, right? Which, you know kind of messes your brain whenever you play Street Fighter 3, and I really never got into it. Of course, fine, I never really gave it that much time to learn and everything, but it seemed very, you know, lucky if ever I did a parry move. And what made it a lot more complicated is the fact that you can, there's a parry up and a parry down. Basically, if you have to parry down, you have to press down on the, on the, on the, on your controller. Or if you parry up, it's forward, right? Which is very, very difficult because it basically toys around with the idea of predicting your um, opponent's moves, um, which isn't all that easy to do. Um, you know, especially... I mean, fine, a lot of it is predicting... A lot of mechanic in Street, uh, in Street Fighter, in fighting games in general, is about predicting your opponent's moves, right? But it's just so difficult to have to predict that your um, opponent is attacking up or sweeping down as opposed to just attacking, right? Um, there's a lot of difference there. 
um, when your opponent is right in front of your face, how would you know to parry up or down at all? Because he can sweep you, he can punch you, so there's a lot of luck involved, I think. With the focus attack, which is the, I guess, the replacement for the parry, um, you basically have to do just the focus attack, period. There is no focus attack up, focus attack down, or anything. There is just hold the middle punch and middle kick button together, hold it, wait for your opponent to hit, and then release, basically, which immediately counters your opponent's attack and stuns him, and then you can probably do a super combo or an older combo right there and then. So, you know, um, there is a lot of, you know, I think the focus attack is a brilliant, brilliant design choice because not only is it, you know, able to absorb your enemy's blows, it's a much easier way to anticipate, um, you know, your the attacks of your opponent. So there's nothing to worry about whether he's attacking up, is he jumping, is he sweeping or whatever. You just have to know that, okay, I think this opponent is going to attack at this particular moment then I should, you know, do my focus attack, right? And what's even better about it is that if you hold the focus attack, if you hold your focus attack long enough and make it release in itself and not release it yourself, it's going to attack the opponent with an unblockable um, hit, basically, which stuns your opponent as well. So, you know, it's an all-in-one kind of thing, which is very, very cool, very, very accessible, and I guess that's another reason why I said that the gameplay is very accessible in Street Fighter. Because, you know, it's very streamlined. It's not as crazy deep as Virtual Fighter or, you know, Street Fighter 3, where, jeez, dude, I mean, so crazy. Um, have you seen the... I mean, you know, I've seen a match on YouTube wherein Ken, it was a Ken and Ryu... Um, no, sorry, Ken and Chun-Li matchup, wherein Ken was able to um, parry all the moves of Chun-Li when she performed this super combo, which is insane. At least here, right, you don't have to worry about parrying multiple um, attacks from your enemy. It's just really, okay, focus attack, wait for your opponent to hit you, and then just release, basically. So it, you know, gets rid of all of that um, layers of thought that you have to have in parrying all the moves. It just basically means okay, counter the move of the opponent that you're anticipating and just release it right away, which stuns the opponent immediately, right? Um, it gets rid of a lot of those um, layers of hitting and everything, which makes for a lot more streamlined and accessible gaming experience, fighting game experience, in my opinion. So, you know, um, I'm a huge, huge fan of um, Street Fighter Two gameplay. I mean, it's kind of slow, I mean, as opposed to maybe Street Fighter Alpha and the you know, Capcom versus games. A lot of people kind of, you know, um, complain that it was very slow as well. But, you know, to me, again, it's very purposeful. It was slowed down just to give players a lot more time to decide on their moves, a lot more time to think their moves over as opposed to just making it really, really crazy and, you know, turbo it up, wherein really the fastest reflexed gamers always had the upper hand. This time, even the slower gamers are given, uh, you know, some, you know, incentive to keep playing the game because it, the game allows them to think things over, to be able to react as fast as, you know, other gamers would. Um, so, you know, just a lot of very, very purposeful decisions made in this game, and it really, really does show. It's a very, very fun game to play and easy to pick up, quite honestly. 
um, because, you know, I was playing some of my office mates, and they can beat me, definitely. Um, so even if I do own the game and I've had more experience with the game, a lot of people can still beat me and without button mashing, right? Um, it was all just about timing, it was all about anticipating your opponent's moves, it was all about just, you know, trapping your opponent and being aggressive and being defensive at the same time. So it's all really, really good. And another thing I'll mention about the gameplay is that I'm very, very happy that they brought back a lot of the characters that were basically absent in a lot of the games previous. And I particularly really, really appreciate the fact that Guile is back in because I am a Guile um, player and I've mentioned that before. And, you know, Guile just is so freaking powerful even until now. Um, I will say that, you know, Guile only has two moves, a Sonic Boom and the flash kick, and he has certain, you know, um, nuances when it comes to his, you know, basic moves, but his special moves are just limited to two, um, which is so, so far less than every other player in the game, but I guess that just speaks to how good a player Guile is, really. I mean, the the weak, this, um, the light, I should say, Sonic Boom is such a crazy move. Basically, you do the light Sonic Boom and you, you chase your Sonic Boom and your opponent just can't really do much of anything. He can't jump or anything because, I don't know, for some reason, uh, that really, really slow-moving Sonic Boom followed by a Guile that's moving forward is very, very intimidating. And, you know, it's so old-school, it's so amazingly familiar, and I love it so much, and, you know... Kenra, you still feel the same, and so cool, M. Bison doesn't have that stupid fireball move anymore and has the Psycho Crusher back, and you know, Akuma and Goken, amazing, amazing, and finally a character that has an amalgamation and a combination of everybody's moves in Seth is pretty, pretty cool too, I mean, so, so good. I will say as well that, you know, um, the hardest difficulty isn't all that difficult, to be honest, I mean, medium... I play on medium, um, and then I just tried playing hardest just before I did the podcast, and it wasn't as bad as actually my first time playing. Um, I remember playing Guile for the very first time, and basically got beaten up by Zangief at least three times, and Seth a couple of times and everything. But when I played the hardest mode um, this time with Guile as well, three round matches similarly to when I first played the game, I actually just got beaten twice by my rival, which is Abel, um, and then didn't get beaten up by Seth at all. So, you know, um, that said, there is this problem in the game in terms of difficulty. Um, while there is a definite, um, definite difference between medium and hardest, it's just that, I don't know, for some reason, there is a problem in terms of um, gradual difficulty increase. I mean, you know, it's so strange. I mean, case in point, whenever you play Seth, um, and three round matches at the very least, in my experience, the first round is a gimme, basically. You can beat him up very, very easily. Of course, he can beat you up too, but, you know, um, a really, really effective strategy is just to knock him down, then just keep focus attacking him and focus attacking him the unblockable one at least, and you'll win the first round, but comes the second round, Seth is extremely, extremely cheap, and it's so very, very annoying. I mean, even at the very easy setting of the game, he can get very, very cheap instantaneously. I mean, I at the very easiest setting when I was trying to unlock Goken and Akuma, um, 
you know, it was very, very difficult sometimes to beat him. Sometimes it was crazy easy. I mean, I could just perfect him so easily. But for some reason, sometimes when his life is at a fourth already and my life is still maxed out, he'll just pull out all these crazy moves, right? The EX um, Dragon Punch that he has is very, very strong. It takes away a quarter of your life, right? And then his stupid, you know, Ultra Combo, he'll do the instant you do some move, right? Let's say you just perform a roundhouse kick. And in the middle of the animation of your roundhouse kick, before it hits him, he'll suddenly pull off the ultra combo, which is so insane. Or like, if you pull off a dragon punch or whatever, he'll he'll just... Or if you jump even... You know, at the instant that you jump, you can't even do anything or whatever, he'll pull off his ultra combo and it'll hit you and... He'll just basically teleport all over and everything and confuse you. And if you jump, he'll dragon punch you. If you don't, if you just block, he'll 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 throw you right and do all these. If you don't block and try to move backwards, he'll hit you with a kick that turns into a lightning kick by Chun Li kind of move. And it's just crazy, right? So that is one of my complaints in the game. The gradual progression of difficulty is very very broken to be honest but you know i guess it's just to mix things up i mean an office mate of mine likens it to the ai of the mortal kombat bosses which is very very stupid and imbalanced right that you know the timing of the the bosses are just so split second that whenever you perform a move they'll react immediately and just kick your butt right so but you know um of course this game, fighting games, are never really about the single-player mode of the game, and it really is about the community and playing with an opponent, and that's really where all the fun is. Um, I mean, I brought my copy to the office, and we've played a lot um, instead of playing Dota, right? Um, and a lot of people really, really enjoy themselves, and there's a lot of, you know, trash-talking and how fun it is, and everybody just had a blast playing it, and I had a blast as well, and playing the different characters and everything, and just so cool. I think the gameplay of this game was very, very well thought of. Um, there was no compromise, really. It knows what kind of game it wants to be, and it delivers that um, to, to the best of its ability. And it really is very, very characteristic of, you know, um, Street Fighter games that they retain um, the special move motions, they retain the feel of it, they even retain a lot of the animations from Street Fighter 2, and feels all that familiar, all that accessible, and especially since this game is really about fan service, um, it was very smart for them to go back to their roots. Um, it doesn't pretend to try to, um, get a new audience, although I think, um, among other, uh, among all, sorry, I should say, fighting games, this game is a lot more accessible than most because, you know, it's simple um, in, when compared to, say, Virtual Fighter and all of that, but it's far more complicated and, you know, it's very, very expert-friendly as opposed to Tekken, wherein a beginner can sometimes knock out an intermediate player, but here, I think an intermediate player is always going to kick a beginner's butt. So, you know, that in that sense this game is very very good in terms of gameplay so maybe i should uh i should have cut that part a little short but you know suffice it to say very very good gameplay and i give it two thumbs ups a 10.0 for sure in terms of gameplay 
So, I mean, another category I will um, add to it is fan service. Um, because, again, Capcom has been very vocal in that uh, it designed the game around the comments of fanboys, around the comments of fans of the series. And, you know, it's really, really cool that they brought back all the, base, the 12 characters. So that would be Ken Rai, Chin Li, E. Honda Blanca, um, Dalsim, Zangief. Uh, I'm missing one. Mm. Anyway, M. Bison, Balrog, Vega, um, Sagat, and somebody else. Guile. There you go. I forgot. Can't believe I forgot Guile. Um, they brought back the Core 12 from Street Fighter 2 and put in a few... You know, extra characters that are familiar to us: Rose, Akuma, um, who else? Uh, Fei Long and Kami, um, and then added four new characters: Rose. Ah, sorry, not Rose. Um, sea Viper, Abel, Rufus, and El Fuerte, um, which is all very cool because they mix things up a little bit. These characters are a little bit more diverse than the others. El Fuerte and Abel are trying to play on, you know, the characters who use throws more, which basically was just Zangief. And it's cool that they have these characters in because it gives players more choice um, in terms of players that were focused more on close combat. Um, so that was a very good decision, I think. And then they even included a character that was very, very SNK, the look and even the moves of which felt very SNK, which is C Viper, and she turns out to be one of the more pro characters out there because she can juggle very well and very quick and all of that, although I have a very, very difficult time playing her. And then, of course, you have Rufus, which is sort of another martial arts kind of Gen-type character. Oh yeah, Gen is in the game as well. So, you know, very, very unorthodox moves and some crazy stuff happening. Very, very you know, confusing if you ask me. So, you know, they really mixed things up a lot. And, you know, they didn't just try to stick with the guns of Street Fighter 2, but they really tried to incorporate more things from other um, games, as proven by the fact that they added an SNK-like character in C Viper. So, you know, um, and even made her very, very strong to give, I guess, um, Street Fighter characters more options, right? Um, another really cool thing is the addition of Gokin, who... I have been informed by an office mate, was really just an April Fool's joke of EGM back in the day, wherein they just basically said that performing, you know, basically finishing the game with certain, you know, um, conditions, um, finishing perfects and all that. I don't even know how you really unlock him, supposedly. Um, but, you know, unlocks the master of Kenan Ryu, which is Goken, Goken, whatever, right? Um, and finally, you know, after all these years, Goken has come to fruition. It is actually a real character, thanks to EGM. And, you know, that just goes to show how Capcom has listened to the fanboys and how it's listened to its fan base and how really Capcom is one of those ca companies that really isn't afraid to change things up, as I said in my RE5 review, but is very, very mindful of what it thinks players and gamers and fans of its franchises like about the games and you know definitely even more than Resident Evil 5 Street Fighter 4 is a crazy departure from previous um, Street Fighter games but it really really does work it really is very mindful of what players really love about the game but it wasn't afraid to add more things it wasn't afraid to add the super bar the the revenge meter and everything it wasn't afraid to add a focus attack 
um, despite what people might say, and it works at the very, very end. A lot of people just, you know, complain about it and be very, very nitpicky about it. But, you know, at the end, Street Fighter 4 is a very, very good game, as is RE5. And as different as it is from previous games, it was a very, very brave departure and a very, very smart departure from it. I mean, you know, just to borrow some quotes from Simon Cowell, it was a very brave thing to do, but it was very original and very, very well executed, right? Um, so, you know, um, other categories that I want to talk about perhaps is the longevity of this game. I mean, how long are you going to be playing this game? I mean, for as long as you have somebody to play with, this game is going to be crazy ass, long-legged as can be. Because, I don't know, to me, it is definitely a must-have game for the PS3 um, or the Xbox. And, you know, I myself am a controller freak. But, you know, if you really want a game that feels so very arcade then you can buy the arcade stick and you can play this game to death, right? And just always, you know, ask people to come over and play games with you. And you'll have a lot of trash-talking, you'll have a lot of fun, you'll have a lot of just you know, learning everybody's moves and how people think and how aggressive people are and how, you know, kind of cheesy other people are. And it just tells you how, you know, these games that are very simple compared to other games just tells you a lot about the people you play with, right? Um, not just the trash talking, but just how they play and how much, you know, history this game has. And, you know... Just to prove the point that this game has a lot of charisma and has a lot of, you know, staying power, has a lot of influence in the industry. My boss, um, who doesn't play video games, we were able to convince to play this game. And it's very, very refreshing to see him really, really enjoy the game and beat people up, actually. And, you know, even, you know, more, I'm very, very proud to say, they said that, you know, when everybody went home and some people were left over it, the boss actually turned on the PS3 in the office and played himself. I mean, amazing. So, you know, it puts a smile on my face because it just doesn't... It not only shows you, you know... Well, not only showed me how, you know, good... Uh, you know, how great my boss is because he is a gamer at heart as well. Um... But it also tells me just how great this game is, how great this franchise is, and how, you know, right I was to love this game. Because there is so much to like about this game, and there is so much to like about Street Fighter as a whole. And, you know, I'm sort of validated in saying that, you know, this is one of the greatest franchises of all time. And kudos really to Capcom in that, because such an amazing first quarter for them releasing these two games. Not very, very critically acclaimed, I suppose, but very, very well received by fans the world over for sure. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I know I didn't, I went into a lot of details about the game, and especially in the gameplay, which is kind of really, really crazy and out there. And, you know, I didn't really talk about, say, the revenge meter and all of that, but, you know, definitely I think this review really is just about whether or not this game should be bought by you. And I think anybody should own this game. Everybody should own this game. Um, luckily, it's coming out on the PC as well, which gives it a lot more accessibility to everybody. And I really do encourage everybody to play this game and buy this game because it's an amazing game.
period, right? Um, I've been playing it for the cu- last couple of weeks, and I think I'm just starting to scratch the surface of it. It's not like Prince of Persia or whatever that, you know, I just played and I knew what it was already, and I didn't want to discover much of it anymore. This game is just so deep if you want to go that deep into the game. But it's so accessible that you can just keep playing it, and it has the appeal of Rock Band that you just want to play for 30 minutes, play some Street Fighter, and just have a blast playing it, right? So, you know, there you go. That's pretty much the episode. That's pretty much the, you know, um, the love I have for Street Fighter. Um, A very, very good game, very competent game. And I hope you guys will like it too. I mean, if you guys have a PS3, an Xbox, or a PC, definitely a must-have game for you guys. And you will not regret it, I promise you. If you do, then just complain to me if you want. And that is dokong.gamer.gmail.com. So you can just send your emails to that address. So, you know, um, I guess that does it for Dokong Gamer episode 17. And I would like to take this opportunity to tell you guys that I will not be able to do the podcast for the next month because I'll be moving I'll be moving out of the house and going into a condominium near the office. So, you know, um, I'll be busy, in other words, for the next month. But hopefully I'll be able to start the podcast during the second week of May. So hopefully you guys will um, tune in then. But for now, you know, um, sayonara, selavi, uh, not selavi, sorry, um, sayonara or bon. I don't even know what the hell I'm saying, but sayonara at the very least to say, and see you guys in maybe May, I don't know, May 16th, 17th, I really don't know the dates, but um, hope you guys enjoyed this uh, podcast, and I will see you guys very, very soon, and keep playing you guys, keep having fun, and keep those games, good games are always good games. I have no idea what I'm saying. But so I'll leave you with a Japanese version of the theme of Street Fighter 4 and keep playing, guys. Have fun. See ya.